All right, we're continuing this um, you know, kind of man on the street vibe here on the courtyard at the Westin here in Savannah. More importantly, at the Big Eye InsureTech Summit, uh, presented by, of course, the Big Eye, the ACT, Agents Council for Technology, Ascendia, and big shout out to our diamond sponsor, Travelers, as well as the folks at TrustedChoice.com, Ivan's Accord Solutions Group, and Bond Exchange. It's pretty awesome to have so many companies uh, support what we're trying to do here with the, with the Tech Summit and um, so many people coming in. Speaking of so many people coming in, it's actually pretty cool to be able to uh, sit down in person uh, with somebody who I think is becoming a, a good friend of ours here at ACT and a personal friend here, uh, Mr. The Venerable Bill Haber from Techris. So welcome, Bill. Thanks, Chris. Great to be here. Yeah, nice sunny day. It's perfectly sunny day. I mean, it's awesome here. I mean, it's my wife texted me from Ohio and said it snowed overnight. And I was like, oh, it's, it's 58 degrees and I'm going on a run. <laughs> um, did you know this? Right across from the hotel, the track where they filmed Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, really? Right, literally right across the street. That's a great movie. So we, I'm running on it when one of the folks goes, you know where we're at? We're on the, anyway, long story short, completely digress here, but cool. Um, Bill, I'd love it. Maybe just to set things up a little bit, a um, little bit of bio on you and um, tell the folks about TechRisk real quick. Sure. Um, uh, well, TechRisk was founded uh, in early 2021 um, by myself and Dean Meklowitz. Um, we both have long technology backgrounds in fields that include cybersecurity, uh, software data platforms, um, some uh, medical device and health data, digital health backgrounds. So we've spent careers with working with very sensitive data. Yeah. And um, data sensitivity is becoming increasingly important. And uh, we saw an opportunity in the transformation of the insurance industry to help agents better engage their clients in technology discussions and making sure they're doing uh, what they need to to protect themselves. And so uh, TechRisk's business is to essentially engage insureds the same way cybersecurity companies engage their clients to uh, address risk through assessments, discoveries, shepherd clients through the uh, application process to make sure that um, they're accurate and reliable, um, which is you know part of what's causing um, record litigation today. Um, but to make sure that that um, risk is understood up front and to help them become more insurable. Oftentimes uh, they need to change process um, or need solutions or uh, need documented information security policies and things. So we do all those things and we try and do that in a fast, easy and affordable way that fits into the insurance workflow. Yeah, it's a crazy, crazy dynamic to think about not many years ago that this wasn't even a conversation and referenced it a few times already on some conversations already, but I spent most of my career on the carrier side and as a reference that handled a lot of the non-revenue generating stuff and working with agencies, which would have meant the agency agreement, those kind of things I was involved with. And so I jokingly uh, would say that I would spend yeah. as much time with the legal team or the chief information security officers, I would my own boss at times, but it was amazing how much and how quickly uh, that changed as you know things and state of the world evolved. So no doubt. What I what I've been fascinated about in getting to know you and the approach you have to this is, um, yeah. as we think about agents specifically, there's their own risk, but it's in how they can be. I guess add that significant 
extra layer of advice and insight and counsel for their own clients. So it's uh, sort of a take care of yourself, but also if you're going to get good at it, you might as well be able to take advantage of that to help your clients. Yeah, no doubt. You know, the the most experienced cybersecurity professionals who are solving these problems full time are playing catch up every day. And I think it's terribly unfair to expect insurance agents to also moonlight as cybersecurity experts and um, take those risks personally, but also, um, you know, create risk for their clients and getting it wrong. Um, we see all the time so many misunderstandings about what people are looking for in their application questions, uh, misunderstandings about what is EDR, you know, what is an RMM solution, um, people answering questions completely incorrectly because of a misunderstanding. Yeah. And um, that's going to negate the value of their insurance. It's going to potentially create a relationship problem if a claim arises and they're all arising, right? Yeah. We're at the age um, in this, um, you know, cyber, cyber age, if you will, that, sure. uh, that everybody needs to anticipate that they're going to have problems and focus on their resilience rather than prevention. Um, and you know that's what we try and have them keep in mind the more resilient you are the better risk you are and everybody wins that's fascinating yeah you mentioned that agents and all of a sudden they have to become cyber professionals and here we are at an insure tech event and now they have to become technologists and they need to be marketing professionals and yeah that's okay i suppose right but you know some of it's a big ask it's a lot of ask right <laughs> because not only that you have to become a pretty pretty proficient insurance professional too and pass all the licensing tests so it's it's a lot to be an insurance advisor and a tech and in the run of small business these days. So it's, it is a blessing that firms like yours are, are really plugged into the industry. And I mean, it's not even a chance, a direct plug for your support of ACT and the way you're involved. And well, it's a great organization and we get to meet people who have these problems and uh, that's helping us grow our business and get our name out there. And, um, you know, we really enjoy working with the organization. That's great. Yeah. And a company that focuses on helping independent agencies is a, is a good thing, right? You've got that. So independent agencies out there, there's, there's some real value in that, but let's, um, so what are you seeing? Like, so we can talk about it sort of at an esoteric level, but what are the risks? I mean, what are the things that you're, you're seeing and the crazy stuff that you're having to help folks through? Sure. Well, you know, we focus on small to medium sized businesses, not so much on on the cybersecurity haves, right? Those huge companies that have solutions, CISOs, everything. But yeah. rather, you know, we're working with everyday businesses um, who may not have uh, an IT person, uh, may outsource those solutions, may not have any cybersecurity solutions and are, you know, a little bit lost. The majority of folks nowadays, you know, have some combination of some basic cybersecurity. But, um, you know, with all the news of, uh, massive ransomware breaches and um, nation-state hacks. That's not really what we are talking to businesses about protecting themselves against. Arguably, there's um, you know some limits to what people can do in response to a nation-state hack. But right. um, everybody is having problems with business email compromise, um, EFT fraud, um, and you know just 
fishing problems that are causing the majority of breaches. They don't have good practices in place. You know, they're not filtering their email. They're not using VPNs religiously. We've seen the whole world go to a work from home scenario and somewhat back, you know, a lot of companies have stayed right. that way. Um, and that's multiplied the problem. The attack vector is mobile. <laughs> and uh, um, so the basics is what we um, see growing. And in fact, there's really good data that ransomware is on the decline. Okay. And, um, you know, it's 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 more the business email compromise and um, phishing incidents that uh, are, are that small businesses are being targeted for. And rightly so, because they're the, you know, the least protected. So that's really what we're focused on. Can I ask you, so if it's not ransomware, I guess I, the, the thought behind this this question is, um, candidly, I've had conversations with agents that like, I get it, right? We're talking about it all the time, but I don't know of an agent who's had a problem. Of course, most aren't gonna stand on them on stage at a conference and say, hey, I got hacked. <laughs> but I, so I guess the way, the reason I'm, I'm, I'm saying that is I'm asking then, so, so ransomware has a clear and obvious adverse outcome, right? It's got a right check or sure. go get some Bitcoin and figure your way out of the thing. What are the bad actors doing with these things? What, what's the like, what's the end game, the real risk to an agency of just of having a phishing attack and somebody swiping some passwords? What are some of the things that well, the, you're seeing? Sure. The risk to an agency are the same to their clients, um, you know, not using proper uh, secure methods to protect client data and sensitive data that they put into their systems um you know it, it's easy enough to do this but what the bad guys are doing is uh you know they're they're doing uh they're basically looking for credentials on the dark web or elsewhere that they can easily discover on an unbelievable amount of companies and they're using pretty common tools to uh try every combination of uh username password that they can on uh, any solution and they're finding their way into organizations all the time. Um, what they do once they uh, compromise credentials um, is look for ways to make money or look for ways to deceive uh, clients either through email or okay. um, other methods. But, um, you know, they're uh, stealing data, sometimes stealing money. Certainly the incidents of uh, EFT fraud is you know, certain industries where they're targeting that and looking for people who are exchanging large amounts of money and okay. looking yeah. for an absence of process. And, you know, so we're we're seeing that frequently and trying to help people understand the problem uh, and protect themselves against it. And, you know, at that moment when they're uh, looking at, at insurance um, and trying to decide what the right amount of protection is, it's a good time to have a you know independent risk assessment identify where they have specific vulnerabilities you know learn about how their businesses is using technology and you know where they're exposed and that's what we're doing yeah and our industry is heavily i guess heavily utilizes eft particularly in personal lines mm -hmm. insurance and then the businesses that our industry insures mm -hmm. who knows how they're using you know i mean there's so many yeah it just becomes such a tangled web of of risk that's fascinating yeah. to kind of think through um so what does um i think of the best way to frame the question but when you obviously when you interact with an agent they've engaged you at some level so they're they're curious about the risk and how they should be thinking about it but the big eye 
did some studies, universe study, and the statistics, at least to me, were a little bit startling in how low they were in the number of agencies who would even report that they have sophisticated cyber practices. So those that report, this is me being cynical, so I apologize, but not everybody who reports that they do have something has something that's maybe good enough. So yes. there's a there's a big delta between, there's a risk factor there. And so I'm curious from your perspective, how do the conversations go? What are the hesitations to invest? Uh, what sort of pushback or barriers do you experience when you're talking to agents and customers about this? Well, I think, you know, cyber has popped up cybersecurity has popped up as a new cost of doing business that people have not been used to paying for. But, um, you know, we're having a significant enough claims volume and visibility of them and the things that are going wrong in the marketplace that people are starting to accept that um, this is something that you have to proactively invest in. Um, it reminds me of back in the day, we probably didn't have as many HR people you know, in the world of Don Draper drinking at work and, you know, flirting inappropriately and all that. But uh, eventually we decided we need people to create policies and put professionals in place to monitor that and, and make sure the workplace is a, is a fair, protected environment. Now there isn't a company around who doesn't have some type of HR and, and HR policy. And um, so, we work with agents to understand these things are important and you know you may be using certain solutions but you know the trial version or light version of a particular cybersecurity software that isn't enforceable isn't necessarily having the right solution in place right. and they don't really know that um and that's okay it's not their business to know that but um so we try and create um you know parallel um analogies like the HR department. Yeah. And we do that sometimes with loss control. You know, here in, in the Southeast, um, we live down the road in Florida and uh, we're accustomed to buying flood insurance. And when we um, apply for flood insurance, the agents have proactive loss control. They'll send someone to pull the maps. They'll uh, have them do an inspection of the property, look for vulnerabilities. Sometimes they might need to install vents on the a part of your home to you know get the right rates and and make sure it's affordable and people do that yeah um the fact that that hasn't been happening diligently enough in cyber insurance is just it's a matter of time and we try and make that clear but yeah that's a, I, I like the parallel thing i mean it's just something that people live every day and they've grown accustomed to and they treat as everyday life really um, or at least appreciate that it's it's a speed bump in everyday life and then you had a parallel that, that you know how to do this it's just a different that, that's a great way of, of handling it i'd like to pivot maybe a little bit um so these are the risk sides there's the requirement side to a little bit and it, this i don't think this is overplayed uh, at all and just some conversation about what you're seeing around regulatory requirements in our industry and how that you know how that correlates and um, maybe even contractual things that agents can be thinking about as they enter into third-party relationships yeah and that's another dimension of this that's yeah quite important um, and getting more important every day uh, you know 2023 has come with um, 
you know, a number of new municipalities and state laws. You know, you're seeing slowly the uh, expansion of NAIC data security in, in more and more states. I think it's 18 now, but several have their own flavor, like Florida and others. Um, I think the regulatory compliance environment is going to um, become uh, more demanding. Um, they're going to do what folks in uh, in Europe did when they enforced GDPR. They picked a couple of big targets and did some high-profile press releases in English, so <laughs> the Americans paid attention. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, essentially, I think you know, you know um, uh, the GLBA legislation is a big thing that people need to pay attention to. Anybody in the financial services business which includes insurance right but if you think about all the different clients that are in in some area of financial services um, they have obligations to get uh, assessed for cyber risk annually to um, put protections in place that properly safeguard client data um, and so that includes insurance agencies they certainly are obliged to do that they're going to see some uh, uh, increasing pressure to comply with that. They're going to see more and more fines. And we sometimes talk with state departments of insurance about their data security law and ask them about their enforcement strategy. And uh, they laugh about it, but they're considering, you know, yeah. what are the right things to do to get people moving? So that's definitely, you know, in the future here. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's not to be made light of, right? I mean, it's a journey for everybody, even the lawmakers. You know, they need to do the right thing because they're consumers constituents are asking for it so putting the requirements in place and even though there might not be defined punitive consequences i think the point you're making there is that day's coming yeah and nobody knows what those are yet but they're likely financial or you know maybe even licensing risks you know those kind of things but um just trying to be respectful of your time though bill i'm, I'm curious you know in our security issues work group um, we talk about these swim lanes and you know, mm -hmm. how they can kind of turn into the next generation of what ACT offers independent agencies. But another dimension of this we talk about are carrier contracts and then even the agreements that agencies enter into with other technology solutions or other parties that they work with, all of which likely have at least breach notification yeah. or some sort of regulation there. I mean, not to scare the heck out of anybody if they haven't thought about this yet, but what are some thoughts you have about that dimension of all? I love that word dimension. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll keep it simple. I don't think people study what their uh, agency agreements require them to do. And most are requiring them to have a mature uh, cybersecurity environment and full compliance with things like GLBA. And when they're not doing it, um, they're looking for trouble. Uh, I think that it won't be long before um, we start seeing uh, agencies get into problems with carriers and, you know, maybe even be dropped or, or um, lose their appointments um, by being careless with cybersecurity risk. And, you know, I saw very recently in the group, we were talking about this uh, a few weeks ago, but, um, you know, a very well-known insurer um, has it spelled out right above the signature line of their right. their agency agreement. And I, just reading that, thinking about all of the agencies we work with regularly yeah. who don't know anything about this and are not compliant. And um, I think if it were spelled out to them in black and white, um, they'd be horrified.
Yeah. Sometimes that's what it takes, really, is you, you got to paint a picture, you know, as, as professionally as you can, but you have to show them in black and white. This is what you're agreeing to. And, and you guys, it's time to step up your game. Yeah, it's totally true. Right. And and, you know, I mean, I just I would be sort of like almost an, an advicey kind of comment for agents listening. I would be willing to wager that any carrier agreement amendment or, you know, certainly a new contract execution involves some change. Yeah. to data privacy, right to audit, um, you know, cyber types of things. So um, it's just worth reading and at least understanding your obligations. And if by default, most of them probably don't have defined punitive actions, but the implied one is breach of contract could, re- could, yeah. could, could result, as you alluded to, Bill, into termination of relationship, which nobody wants to do. But no. it's, um, it's a journey for everybody and carriers aren't trying to be bad guys. Agents aren't trying to be bad guys. So everybody's just trying to figure out the risk. And um, what we see in a lot of these scenarios, really again, probably every part of life is anytime a contract can transfer risk to somebody else, yeah, which is really what an insurance policy is too, right? So it's something we know, it's just very complex. You bet. And you know, tech risk is hard and that's why tech risk exists. We <laughs> tech help risk people with that. Right. Unintended. Um, let's do this. Let's get you out of here on this. If you were to look at it's still January, maybe February by the time this hits the streets, but call to action, everybody listening, what should they be doing? What Do what tomorrow to mitigate your risk here? Don't wait till tomorrow. Today, oh, wait till tomorrow. <laughs> today if uh, your organization is not using multi-factor authentication everywhere on every tool that you use and enforcing it administratively, or if they're not enforcing it administratively uh, across the board, make sure you're doing that. That's free. It's easy. It's frankly more convenient than trying to remember passwords to everything. Um, and uh, if you, you're using a password vault and using MFA, you're, you're helping protect your organization tenfold. And so that's something that uh, we deal with a lot of companies who you know, aren't really sure how well they're using it or how broadly they're using it. Use it everywhere, enforce it across all employees, and you'll be in much better shape. I want to elaborate on that. It was supposed to be like the mic drop moment for you, but last night at dinner, you, you shared too, maybe a little bit in a more of aggressive comment on that. And I, I liked it though, right? I mean, making it a policy in your business, it isn't really a policy unless there's consequences and not yeah. that we would advocate, but like a lot of the other policies and procedures in a handbook, like you referenced, I mean, there should be, there should be audits and, and, and consequences for not offering cyber. So communication and change management and helping the employees understand why these are rules and the risk of the business that offers them a paycheck is, is important. Yeah. That executive sponsorship, explaining why it's important, letting people understand that they have visibility of who's doing what, uh, and it's not playing big brother, it's protecting the enterprise. And if you're part of it, you're on the right side. And if you're not, that's problematic and potentially grounds for termination. Yeah, it's amazing. Huge thanks, Bill. I appreciate you sharing some insight. And you um, you know, this is a topic that comes up a lot. It's not the the sexy and romantic and sure tech stuff, but um, none of this other stuff matters if, if an agency gets put out of business from a breach or a hack. So I agree. Definitely appreciate it. You um, bet. Thanks, Chris. And hey, as we wrap, I just want to give another huge shout out and thank you to the big eye, the Agents Council for Technology and Ascendia for bringing us the whole InsureTech Summit here in Savannah. And of course, just another shout out because it would not be possible without the support of our diamond sponsored travelers, along with the team at TrustedChoice.com, Ivan's Accord Solutions Group, 
and bond exchange. Thanks to everybody that was a guest today and everybody that made the trip into town.